Welcome to the Pro AV Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. The same conversation is being had across so many industries today. How can emerging technology, or old technology that's getting a 5G boost, be used intentionally? Live streaming is no stranger to this conversation. Increased ease of access, competitive pricing, and more efficient connectivity are making the technology an intriguing investment for Pro-AV providers and customers. However, optimizing live streaming is the most crucial selling point of the tech. Today we're joined by John Dudley, founder and president of DC Webcasting by Dudley Digital Works who has dedicated his time to teaching both providers and clients the ins and outs of live streaming, the pitfalls of poor pre-production, and the impact the tech can have for pushing out and leaving a legacy for important messages. John, how are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on and giving us some insight into live streaming, the evolution of it, and some of your tactics on teaching the technology, its growth, and its potential to people within the pro AV space. I'm definitely excited to dive in. Great. Thank you. Let's, let's feel free to ask me whatever you like. Wonderful. And this podcast isn't being live streamed right now, unfortunately, but maybe in the future. Well, maybe in the future, but you know what we call this is simulated live. So you're already reducing your risks. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's what it's all about, reducing risk. So, I, you know, I feel like when people think of live streaming in a really broad sense, often it's thought of from a more consumer, uh, you know, use case, uh, user basis. So, for example, live streaming something personal like uh, a, a playthrough of a video game or something, uh, something a little more focused on, hey, check out what I'm doing, putting it out in front of a really broad audience. But tell me a bit about how live streaming makes its way into the professional Pro AV world um, in sort of more of a B two B way. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, a lot of it goes back to you know. You obviously, you mentioned the consumer side and the social media platform side of it, where it's become a lot more accessible for for everyday consumers. But in the professional space and the B two B space, you know, it's really a hybrid of what, what, what I know is television production. And, and then basically merging that with the technologies that you can deliver those video games or, you know, those, those, uh, those iPhone videos, you know, through basically instead of, you know, over the airwaves, essentially you're doing it over the internet. You know, a lot of our clients are either in, you know, in the B2B space or they are in the B2G space. Some, some are B2C, but they use a lot of live events to, um, not only, you know, share information and, and provide resources to it, whether it's a uh, consumers of informations or consumer of products. Um, they'll use these live events to basically promote, no, you know, no different than say an infomercial. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Really interesting. So they're utilizing that technology almost to uh, replace other methods of getting their message across. It's becoming a new standard, ubiquitous among pro AV. I would think so. And uh, from what we've seen in, in our space, especially being here in Washington, DC, um, I came kind of from a PR agency background, got a little bit of a hybrid of that and broadcast where, you know, you used to have to, you know, you know, buy infomercial time or you would have to do, you know, what we call video news releases and all that to kind of get your thing, you get your messages across. And what we found in the live event space is that, you know, depending on the CDN that you're using, um, if you're going out with no restrictions, you're not trying to control who's viewing it. A lot of the free CDNs out there you know, like YouTube and like Facebook Live, a lot of our clients are using those 
is basically communication channels because in a nutshell, they don't have to buy any airtime. It's free. Love it. Yeah. I mean, basically taking those resources that are already out there, utilizing them, putting them to good use. And I feel like live streaming has evolved a lot over the last few years, especially now that we're entering the 5G era. So how have you seen live streaming evolve? And then also, how have you seen technology adapt to the 5G era? And how is uh, live streaming taking advantage of that? Well, you know, we started doing our first live streaming events. You know, I call it back in the primitive origins um, in the the early to mid 2000s when you didn't have a lot of bandwidth to push through a a higher quality signal. I mean, you know, you're basically doing a reduced standard definition signal at that point. One of the main things that we've seen over time is the increase in, in capability and increase in codecs to actually send a higher quality signal. You know, we, you know, we've, we've had certain situations where we've had connectivity where we could have streamed 4k. Now, is that really, really a viable way to do it? Um, for a lot of clients, maybe not. Um, but 1080p now is pretty much our norm. Whereas before, you know, even five years ago, we were a little skittish of doing that, but you know, the things that have happened is the connectivity has improved. You know, um, the backend CDN types, type of platforms have improved to handle it and scale for the, for viewers. And quite frankly, the hardware that we're using and the equipment that we're using has all improved over time. So it's, it's been a, a gradual, gradual, um, surge towards better performance and better delivery just based on the fact that, you know, technology is constantly improving over time. So for us, you know, before, you know, doing, um, live polling integration and, you know, all, all these other type of interactive um, capabilities or closed captioning, it used to be very, a very arduous process. Um, now it's, it's a little bit more, um, it's not plug and play, so to speak, but it's a lot easier to accomplish. And those technologies are a lot more accessible than they were even five years ago. So as the technology has improved, are things getting more financially accessible as well on that end? Even, you know, it, as the technology does become more accessible, can businesses afford it more compared to some other kind of live streaming option, like a satellite truck, even though that does sound a bit outdated now? Yeah, um, they have been. I mean, it comes down to, number one, it comes down to connectivity. It comes down to, you know, if you're looking at like an enterprise CDN, you know, a lot of our clients in the the corporate side, even some of the association side, already have resources that they've already paid for. So, you know, our motto is if you have those resources in place, let's leverage them. You know, the costs have come down on that. It's not a, in days where we didn't have locations with connectivity, you know, a lot of times we would have to bring in a, a satellite truck or do a relay uh, back to a control room. You know, now, you know, we're starting to see the advent of, of uh, 4G bonding. You know, it's still pricey and it's still a challenge for us to, you know, cost out how we pay for that bandwidth. But that being said, there's options there now that are, you know, the prices continue to go down. You know, the production fundamentals stay the same, you know, especially for what we're doing. I mean, we look at the way that we produce content like, you know, like we're really a video production company. So that that stays pretty consistent. But the way that we can deliver and the cost of delivering, you know, and having some of those added value things like live polling, closed captioning, things like that, it's just become a lot more affordable and a lot more accessible. I love that. And I feel like as it's becoming more affordable and accessible, companies are being more creative with the way they use live streaming. Um, What's been one of your favorite examples of 
a company putting together uh, a live streaming production and it really benefiting business, you know, getting people more excited about their brand, about the content that they're pushing. You know, we've got countless cases of this. I think one of the major ones that, you know, we've seen is in the healthcare space. And it's kind of, it's a, it's not a direct shot from industry, but a lot of patient groups that we work on in the pharmacy. You know, the, in the pharmaceutical space, folks that are, you know, advocating for, you know, research and development for, for new therapies and cures and diseases. You know, this really helps everybody in that entire space push for innovation, get, get information out there and engage, you know, the patient community to push for the development of new therapies. You know, there's, there's multiple angles in this. It's not only, you know, telling companies, Hey, you know, we may have a rare disease or, you know, you know, this isn't a blockbuster drug that, that would be for us, but it, it's something that, that, that could meet an unmet medical need. Same time, you know, it also lets the FDA know and, and, and organizations at the federal level that we need to have a climate that is pro-innovation and, you know, we need to kind of remove barriers and, and make it more accessible to bring new therapies to clinical trials and eventually to market. So how does live streaming then make that message clearer? I mean, it, live streaming makes it clearer because it provides, um, you know, it provides a live look into a lot of these types of you know, events. We do a lot of um, these patient-focused drug development meetings here in the D.C. area from, from, with advocacy organizations. You know, not everybody can attend this, and especially a patient community that, you know, there's a bit of a... a a, uh, an advocacy or an activist side to it. Um, groups that can come in and you know hold these events. Not everybody in the community is well enough to travel or has the ability to get to that to that hearing. For them to be able to watch in live, participate in live polling, you know, submit live questions. You know, it just makes it so much more accessible where they have a voice in the development of a, you know, potentially a future product. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, I feel like in the healthcare space that must be so, so important. Having to communicate those messages can be crucial. You know, new new life-saving drug, new methodology for anything from mental health to cancer, right? Like, and anything there can be talked about over live stream. And that can reach so many more people, like you said, who might not even be fit to go to an informational session. They just live stream it and I'm, I'm sure it might double, triple the amount of people that tune in and get that information. Well, not only that, it, you know, during the live event, but, you know, you got to factor in in the same, same time that, you know, that content's going to be available on demand over the long haul. So, you know, one of our big mantras is, you know, the, the live streaming portion of it is very important. It gives you an opportunity to promote and, and, and have an event, have a moment, but there's life beyond the live event. And for us, you know... We see a lot of engagement continue beyond the live event through the on-demand uh, on-demand playback. And what's lo- really wonderful with a lot of the CDNs that are out there, I mean, you all have almost real-time on-demand recording. You hear something that you, in a live stream on many of these CDNs, and you say, wait a minute, I want to hear that back. You can actually scrub back in real-time and go back and hear that again. Um, that's something we never had years ago. And you know, for our clients, that's huge. So I know you're also involved with the National Association of Broadcasters, which means you're definitely a point of contact for teaching the ins and outs of live streaming to clients, to other people within the pro-AV space. So tell me a bit about how you got involved 
with the National Association of Broadcasters and what kind of classes you teach on live streaming. Yeah, so um, I was brought in with N- with NAB through an organization called Future Media Concepts. They are a uh, a training and um, you know whether it's through the class format, like at events like NAB or GV Expo, or they go into actual you know corporations or broadcast shops and do, you know, direct hands-on training, you know, across the entire video production, motion graphics, post-production, you know, platforms that are out there. I was uh, asked by the founder of FMC to kind of launch, I guess you could say, um, the first uh, first few, few sets of classes for them are on webcasting and live streaming. FMC obviously has an arrangement with NAB as an official um, provider of training services at the conferences. So I was uh, invited in to um, develop a couple classes for NAB, and you know we also did a, a hands-on workshop as well in the field there, where folks could actually um, not only you know learn how we do it, learn you know kind of my way of working, but also um, get get some hands-on opportunity with some of the equipment that we use. Love it. Yeah, I've always learned that classes that give you that hands-on activity really help ingrain the content much faster. Uh, you know, if I'm just watching a YouTube video on my own, or if I'm just watching a PowerPoint slide on things to learn about said thing, it's not really going to stick with me. But when there's a chance to really get in there, see someone actually practicing using the equipment, getting to feel around with the equipment, getting to, you know, flip some switches, try to try to get your own live stream up. I mean, that kind of education is the stuff that's going to stick. Well, absolutely. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think, you know, theory and, you know, you know, mindsets and processes are very important. Oh, for sure. But if you're not applying them in, in the physical or tangible realm, you know, it, it, those things should eventually become muscle memory in some sense. Doing those hands-on workshops are fantastic because we can share a little bit of that, you know, that, that mindset, that way of working, and then have folks try to apply it. Definitely. So when you are teaching someone within the pro AV space how to bring live streaming to their clients and their customers. What do you typically teach them on what to do and what to avoid? Well, you know, the first first thing, this kind of goes back to kind of my marketing communications background is why? Why are we doing this? You know, then it's, you know, it's kind of the basic things that I like to have answered right out of the gate is, you know, who's the target? What's the message? What's the best way to re- reach them? How do we reach them? Most importantly, how do we measure success? And at the end of the day, why are we doing this? Why do we want to go live? If you answer all those questions, then for me, that's the foundation that you build upon to kind of make your decisions on your format of your program, the platforms that you're going to use, you know, the resources that you're going to, you're going to throw at it, as well as you know, the, you know, the budget that you have to come up with. To, to accomplish. Right. And what have you seen like when teaching the ins and outs of live streaming? Uh, what has been the biggest challenge, the hardest thing to communicate to people within the pro AV space? I would say in the pro AV space, probably, I think this is all in general, anybody, whether it's the client or the pro AV space, is that you've got to put a heavy emphasis, your strategy and your pre-production and, and do the work, you know, up front. That's really where the rubber is going to hit the road to ensure that you have a seamless live stream. It's making that investment. At the end of the day, you know, you know, there, there's, there, there is a mindset that's out there that says, you know, well, we can just plug in and just go. And when you're working in unknown venues with unknown IT environments, 
without that planning and without that testing side of it, that pre-production side of it, your risks go through the roof. We put such a huge emphasis on it, what we do in our company, and I teach this, I preach it basically, because it's the smartest thing you can do to reduce your risks, save money, and ensure that you deliver the best program that you can. Yeah. I mean, like we were talking about earlier, simulated live reduces risk, but when you want uh, when you want real live, you got to make sure those risks are reduced because there's so many more opportunities for things to crash and burn. So you've got to make sure that everything is locked in place because you don't want your live stream to just crash in the middle. You don't want someone to be unprepared on air and then have a bunch of awkward silences and pauses all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, and another thing that, you know, I failed to mention in my last one, this is another huge one too, is that, you know, this is really the convergence from what we do of, you know, television and film and IT. And my big thing that I preach all along, you know, and what a lot of times fails to happen is that the IT guys aren't brought in early. They're basically your broadcast engineer. So they've got to be involved. They've got to be a part of the team early on. Because, you know, at the end of the day, they're the one that's controlling your pipeline out. And, and if you don't have them involved or if you blindside them the day of, your risks are going to go through the roof. And that's just not a good way of working. So I also wanted to know, how have you helped people within the pro-AV space convince clients that live streaming is a great option, a viable option? It's, it's the next step for interactive and long-lasting content. You know, what do you advise for um, distributors of live streaming capabilities to, uh, yeah, how, how do you advise them to better convince a client that, hey, you need to do this and this is why? Well, you know, number one, going live for the sake of going live, that will never win the day. If you can tie that reasoning and you have, a, you know, a legitimate goal in mind and tie it into an overall bigger communications strategy, bigger campaign goal, you have to find a way to tie that content, that live content in to the bigger picture, whether it's a marketing or communication strategy. At the same time, I think what people can do as well, you know, in the AV space is come up with ways and think about how does this content tie into that strategy and how do we leverage it in multiple ways beyond the live event? That's the biggest thing I think that, you know, helps, you know, our clients buy our service because we're thinking of the big picture. We're thinking of it holistically, and we're thinking about life beyond the live event for that content. I love how the way technology is being treated in the pro-AV space is very similar to the ed tech space. I feel like all the conversations I've been having recently with professionals, whether it's people purchasing and using ed tech or the ones creating it, is how can we turn this technology into something that is beyond a flashy new item that, oh, check it out. We can use VR in the classroom or, you know, in your case, oh, check it out. We can live stream our event. It's finding ways to integrate it intentionally and almost to the point where you don't even think about the technology in and of itself. You're thinking about the end goal, right? How is VR going to accomplish more empathy for students? That kind of conversation. Or how is live streaming going to get our message across faster and hit a wider reach of people who are in need of hearing this really, really essential content? It's that kind of conversation that's really uh, inspiring and, and really interesting to see how industries are you know, talking the same way, basically. Yeah, you know, and you know, for us, it's... Um like I, like I said a little bit earlier, you know, going, going live for the sake of going live is never wise. 
um, you have to have, you know, a tangible reason behind it. And like you said, you know, it's a shiny, you know, there's a lot of shiny objects that are out there, but if they don't fit in the overall strategy and goals that you have, there's sometimes, you know, I've, I've actually counseled some of my clients that it may not be the best approach. Or you're not ready to do this yet. At the end of the day, these are all just tools, right? These are all just tools. These are all just means of communication that need to be woven into, you know, a higher strategy. And that's, that's one of the main things that I teach. And that's one of the main things that, you know, is our value proposition when we're working with clients. I love it. Well, hey, I, I think you're doing a great job. I think you are really communicating that message to people. And uh, it's great that you're taking your experience and you're giving back, not only for the clients, but for the people distributing this kind of technology, that you are dedicating your your time to making sure people know the best approaches for this technology and uh, things to avoid as well. Well, thank you. And I think, you know, the more the more folks are educated, you know, they can make informed, and smart and frugal decisions when they when they come to making an investment in one of these technologies like live streaming because let's face it at the end of the day you're making an investment right yeah couldn't agree more you want to make sure you're spending your money wisely and intentionally absolutely yeah well thank you so much for coming on the podcast john i really enjoyed this conversation i think we got some great insight into the evolution of live streaming and also some techniques for the best ways to use it, things to avoid, and uh, it was also just great hearing from an educator. I feel like educators are always the ones that are just most passionate about things because uh, they've got their own experience and they love giving back. So thanks again for coming on. Thanks for having me. And thank you everyone for listening to today's podcast. And if you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.